You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Torah Sparks Podcast. It's uh, Parshas Nitzavim. It's Rosh Hashanah, Sunday night, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday. Um, what else? Uh, Nitzavim, zero mitzvos. Really small parsha, actually. Only a mere 40 psukim, 657 words, and 2,575 letters. Um, I remember, I think it was about a year ago, um, you know, so besides for doing these these podcasts where, you know, I have a chance to talk. And um, I also, one of my main passions is writing. Um, if you're not yet on my email list and, you know, I send out Baruch Hashem uh, uh, for the last couple of years uh, a weekly email, feel free to, you know, message me um, and I can happily add you to that list. But I, I remember, again, sometimes, you know, like anything when it comes to, talking and writing and in anything you need you need Bezer Shem you need the the help of a Baruch Hu. and sometimes um sometimes writers hit what's called writer's block and they just don't know what to write about or what to like they just don't they can't think of what to say how to express themselves so i remember i sat down to begin writing um, the the weekly written Devar Torah for Pashas Nitzavim. This was for last year. And I hit what's called this writer's block. I, I simply could not think of what to write and how to express myself. And, and I, I, I generally don't like, you know, putting blame on others, but, you know, especially because I'm the guy, I'm that type of guy who loves to tell people, hey, you know that when you point your forefinger at someone else, blaming, hey, it's your fault, he did it, he did it, they did it, you're, you're really pointing three fingers back at yourself. If you don't know what I'm talking about, try it right now. Point to someone, you'll see you're actually pointing more fingers back at yourself. And But, you know, with again, with that said, all blaming aside, I, I, do, I do, well, not blaming aside, uh, I, I do actually want to blame some, not someone, but something, um... So I was in I was in my house and the when I was sitting down to write the Devar Torah there was a kitchen fan that was on um, and I think honestly I I want to blame that for giving me my, for giving me writer's block the sound um, it, it was it was so actually you know what if I'm remembering correct it wasn't the fan um, that's stressful in its own right whenever the kitchen fan is on it's known that it creates stress in the home um, that's like a known fact but this was actually the mixer um, the the mixer the kitchen mixer was on and it, you don't realize as a male you don't really real if you're not in the kitchen so much you're not like baking cookies cakes or whatever else you bake challah uh, you, you don't realize how loud a mixer is until you're the there in the same in the in the same room and the sound of the mixer was so loud i felt like my thoughts were placed on pause uh, if i had not looked over from my writing desk to the kitchen to actually see the mixer i would have thought that a helicopter was landing on the kitchen island I, it, it was so loud i you know props to women uh they're able to to do it maybe they're you know i know that when 
a woman and my mother's like that my wife is like that when they take out food from the oven it's like they don't need oven mitts women have this thing it's because they're so they're they're used to being in the kitchen they're like they're, they're they're like immune it's the craziest thing it's it's inc- it's incredible so maybe when it comes to loud kitchen sounds um also maybe their their ears they're just able to handle it much better than males um anyways but there is a lesson here uh, the, when that mixer in the kitchen was turned on, it was extremely difficult for me to think straight and be focused on what needed to get done. And the same is true when it comes to life. In fact, I, I, I realized I'm using this idea that I had writer's block to actually bring out an idea, bring out a lesson. You see, all too often we allow the noise of the mixer to negatively impact our present state of mind and focus. We all have important things that need to get done, but the louder the background noise, the easier it is to become sidetracked, sidelined, and unfocused. You know, the Torah tells us, 29.9, Atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. You are all standing before Hashem today. The Zohar Kadosh points out that the word hayom, Today is a reference to none other than Rosh Hashanah, which it makes sense because Nitzavim always falls out during uh, at the time of Rosh Hashanah time. In the paragraph of Ladavad Hashem that we've been reciting throughout Elul and that we'll continue to recite for the next several weeks, it, 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 the, the, the Mepharshim point out that the word Ori, besides for being a reference to my own name, I'm kidding, because I don't say that, but the, the commentaries point out that the word Ori is a reference to Rosh Hashanah, light, this idea of, these two ideas, Rosh Hashanah being called Hayom, today, and Ori, light, go hand in hand. You see, the holiday, the Chag of Rosh Hashanah contains an R, an Ori, an R, a special light, a spotlight, if you will. You, you know what the spotlight of Rosh Hashanah is? You know what the focus of Rosh Hashanah is? The focus of Rosh Hashanah is on Hayom, today, on the day of Rosh Hashanah itself. More than anything, Rosh Hashanah is a time to focus on Hayom, on today. Not on yesterday, not on tomorrow. It's a holiday of the present, not the past or the future. It's a special time of year to just be present, to be Hayom and focus on Hashem, to coronate Hashem as the king, to, to focus on our place on this world, to contemplate the meaning of life, and to be Mamlech HaKadosh Baruch It's a time of Hayom. It's Kulo Yoma Arechta. It's considered one elongated day. Rosh Hashanah is in the realm of Hayom. You know, it's absolutely mind-boggling what I'm about to tell you. The word Hayom, if you do a research, appears exactly as that word. Hayom, again, there might be variations if you add letters, take, but that word Hayom appears in the entire spectrum of Tanakh. Again, not just the five books of Moses. The entire 24 books of Tanakh, the word Hayom appears 458 times. 458. Which, interestingly, by the way, the 458th word of the Torah is Hashvi'i, which means the seventh, and perhaps that could be an allusion to the holiday of Rosh Hashanah, which occurs, that's right, at the beginning of Tishrei, the seventh month. But additionally... 
And the point I want to focus on, the number 458, 458 is the same exact gematria as the word chasan, a groom. I remember when I was a chasan, the greatest advice that somebody gave me, and it was more than one person, that's another raya that it's good advice when more than one person tells you. From, you know, when you hear the same thing from different angles, they're all telling the same thing. You know what that one greatest piece of advice was? To be present. You as a chassan, you're going to be dancing with this person and that person. You're going to be standing under the chuppah and there's going to be people singing and there's going to be people wishing mouths stuff. Your job is to pr- be present. The job of a chassan is to focus on his new bride. The 581st mitzvah of the Torah, if you look in the Sefer HaChinuch, is the mitzvah that a chassan should not leave his home during the first year of marriage. It does not matter that the Jewish people are engaged in war, something so important. It doesn't matter. Mohammed is pushed to the side. The chassan in the 581st mitzvah of the Torah tells us the chassan has an obligation to go home, to stay home, to be present and be misameach and be focused on his wife. You know, maybe it's not a coincidence. All the, you know, again, we don't believe in coincidence. It's not a coincidence. The number 581, which is, again, the mitzvah in the Torah that tells us about the chasan, the importance of him to be present, to go home, to go out of battle. The, the idea that this chasan should be present on, on his column, on his wife, 581, 581, that's interesting because that number reminds me of Rosh Hashanah, how so? It's not the Gematria Rosh Hashanah, it's actually, if you look in the Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, Hilchus Rosh Hashanah begins in Simon 581. And if you think about it, perhaps these ideas are linked. This mitzvah, the 581st mitzvah, being the chasan, that the chasan has to stay home and be present and be misameach, his wife, and the fact that Rosh Hashanah, Hilchas Rosh Hashanah, begins in Simon 581, and we know based on Mepharshim, we know based on the great chasidim, that the numbers of the, of the, of the, the, the simonim and shochanach have real depth, real meaning, and perhaps there's a link between these two ideas. And if you think about it, we on Rosh Hashanah have a similar job to the chasan. Again, remember chasan is gematria 458, the same as hayom, the idea of being focused, hayom is Rosh Hashanah. So on Rosh Hashanah, we have a similar job to the chasan in his first year of marriage. Just like a chasan is commanded to not leave his bias in order to be focused and present on his wife, so too we must not leave the base of Hashem, like we say, and the David Hashem, Shifti beveis Hashem kol yemei I will dwell in the house of Hashem all the days of my life. This is what Rosh Hashanah is about. Rosh Hashanah is a time to focus on Hayom, to focus on today, and establish Hashem as our loving King and Father. You know, and, and you know, Chazal tell us, Chasan A group is uh, not a group. A groom, a Chasan, is likened to a king. And perhaps now, based on what we've been discussing, this idea can take on a whole new dimension in its connection with Rosh Hashanah. Perhaps homiletically, B'derech Drush, this is us on Rosh Hashanah. 
we the children and nation of the Melech Malchi Amlachim have the ability to be Adam El Elyon, Chasan Doime Lemelech, us being the Chasan on Rosh Hashanah, we can be Dome to that Melech, to a king. The best type of king is the king who's focused on his people. It's not a king who created the world and just left, like certain groups believe. That he's, you know, like a dreidel, he set the world in spin and, you know, is chilling in space, spacing out. But no, a Melech is someone, ain't Melech Belayam. A Melech is someone who has a people, who has someone that he's taking care of. And that's Hashem is taking care of the world. And he's completely focused on us. And Chasan Melech, let us learn to be like that. Just like a Chasan has to leave his battle and go be present and focus on his wife. That's us, the Chasan Melech on Rosh Hashanah. So much of the time, so much of the year, we lose focus and we start thinking and doing and behaving in certain ways that are, you know, show that we're really not focused on our true mission, on our true calling, on our true purpose. But Rosh Hashanah is a time to be in the realm of Chasun Melech, to regain that status, to regain that focus, to restructure, reframework our mindset and our minds, to focus on what we're supposed to be doing, on our task at hand. And um, yeah, I, I hope that this idea um, speaks to you, and I hope that you find it meaningful and uplifting for this upcoming Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah on Sunday night. If you enjoy this content, please rate, please leave a review. It goes a long way. It helps this podcast out to get to more people. And uh, with that, I'm wishing you a chasiva v'chasimatova and a good gebench dr and the mir Hashem. Everybody should have a davening and uh, where, you know, Hashem answers your tefillos and you should have a year of bracha and hatzlacha and parnasa and good health and happiness and nachas from everybody. Anyways, with that said, we'll see you next time.